This episode is brought to you by my brand new book, 1,000 Hours Outside, that hits the stores December 20th, but is available for pre-order now wherever you buy your books. Pre-orders are extremely helpful for authors, and by pre-ordering, you can be assured that your copy will come just in time for a brand new year. 1,000 Hours Outside is published by DK Books, so you know it'll be a family favorite. It is filled with exciting ideas, vibrant photos from the 1,000 Hours Outside global community, activity instructions, and all the inspiration you need to keep hands-on experiences woven into your life. Pre-order now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, or bookshop.org. Find more information on our website, 1000hoursoutside.com. Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Jimmy Urich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside, and Laura Bruner has graciously joined us in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Just my salt lamp. <laughs> it's early where she is. What a mama. We're going to be talking about camping and all sorts of other things today. Welcome, Laura. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor, truly. I love the podcast. I love everything you're sharing and to get to come on is such a treat. So thank you. Oh, Laura, you're the sweetest. This is a big deal because you have really little ones and I am out of that stage, but little ones where you're not sleeping and you're really having to work around when do they wake up. So you have a five-year-old and an infant and yes. under one. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, my name is Laura. My, I have two daughters. Evie is five and Indy is she just hit eight months. Um, we live with my husband and our two pups up in the Olympic Peninsula. So um, we are our front door is like five, 10 minutes away from the visitor center of the Olympic National Park. Um wow which it's so sweet up here. Now we do have a move impending move to Wyoming, uh, sometime in this next year, but that's nothing new for us. We're constantly on the go. Um, we actually lived in a van for a year and a half when my oldest was, we started when she was one and a half. Um, so we definitely have nomadic souls, but typically in search of the outdoors, uh, finding adventure hikes, camping. Uh, that's really my happy place is being outside. Um, I actually just got back from a long weekend in White Sand in Washington doing a little glamping situation. But yeah, I, I am the founder of Radical Roots, which is a smorgasbord of things, really. It's a, I've got the Modern Mamas podcast kind of under that umbrella with my dear friend, Jess, um, my sourdough sisterhood work where I have a free simple sourdough guide and Etsy shop. Um, I share our travels. I share recipes. I share all of our favorite products, supplements. Um, so it started as kind of like a nutrition gig. Nutrition and fitness has really morphed into its changes my family has, which has been really awesome. And then I also actually work part-time for CrossFit, uh, that like CrossFit HQ, CrossFit LLC, doing programming work and writing some content for them. And that's kind of, yeah, that's, that's what's going on in my world right now, it's but a lot. it's a lot. My a number lot. one focus is definitely my girls. Um, so mm -hmm. just but loving it's time eclectic with and it's fun. And yeah. it, even though it's all these different things, they do all uh, tie together too, in a really beautiful way. So, so Lots happy to get on. to talk with you. Can we, all right, let's start with this camping in a van, in a converted yeah. van with a one and a half year old. How did you guys get started on that? What what was your situation like? What did the van look like? Yeah, so we found, I, I'm a big believer in um, manifestation. And we, my husband and I, when we, we lived up on this peninsula back in like 2015, 2016, sorry, there's some dog click clacks, so that's not too annoying. <laughs> um, and we had this grand idea before kids, we wanted to get an Airstream. And then 
Um, we like, we sold the, the Subaru we had or the truck we had, and we bought a big truck. We were going to get a Airstream. And then we went to go visit friends in California who told us they were pregnant. And all of a sudden for both of it was like us, it was like, oh gosh, that's, it's time. I just, something clicked. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to actually move back down to California and we knew that I, I, I feel like Evie was kind of my oldest. Um, she was kind of speaking to us and we were at the same time kind of calling her in. Uh, so we decided to skip the Airstream idea after doing some research and realizing they're exorbitantly expensive, not only to purchase, but also to park um, gas hook up, you know, you're paying, you have to basically have a campsite uh, in order to park where a van offers a lot more flexibility, <laughs> which we right. found out. Um, you're not pulling something you can park. They're pretty like discreet. So yeah, she spent some time, you know, sleeping in neighborhoods and, and we traveled across the whole country. So anyways, we lived in this condo. We had our daughter, life was beautiful, but we started to get the itch again. And so um, we started speaking out in the universe and, uh, some friends of ours sent us a Craigslist link to this van that was the guy was down the street. We walked over, we looked at it, wow. he met us, he liked us, he sold it to us. It was brand new. He had barely used it. Um, and then we went through the process of getting it converted. And uh, it just everything kind of came together beautifully. We, we sold our condo, moved into the van. And we <laughs> took you're, off. You're flying, you're flying through these big steps here. I know. Sorry. For me, it just feels like you got it converted. So, so yeah. what was that like? How do you pick layout and what oh, was gosh. it like inside? We really wanted to do it affordably. Um, and we bed share, we always have. So for us, it was pretty easy just to have a single bed, which it already had the bed in it and it already had a fridge. So those are like the two things that were, that we had, that were consistent, that we knew that we wanted to keep. Um, we needed a little bit of, of storage, obviously, for uh, this dog, uh, for our stuff. <laughs> this dog is really moving around. I love My it. husband all cup, so she's like, <laughs> she's having a time. Um, and so we added, and we have the two dogs. So we needed space. The bed is elevated. So the dogs are underneath us. Hmm. And then under the, the dogs, we built up a little bit of storage because the guy who had it before us was a mountain biker. So he had space under the bed for his bikes. So we kind of built hmm. that up. We had two, three big pullout drawers out of the back. And then we put a drawer situation and like a butcher block kind of thing on top of the fridge. And then we put storage up above the back seat. So the beautiful thing about this van too. And one thing, again, we kind of spoke to the universe was that we just wanted a two seater bench, not a three seater because Mm. the two seater bench is going to allow for far more room to move about the van. Uh, Mm. So we had like, you know, the two front seats and then just a two seater. So we had storage up above there and above the fridge. um, And then a little bit of storage at our, up above our feet uh, where the bed was. And it's amazing that we were in that thing for as long as we were, um, and I think that was, we've always been pretty minimal, likely because we move so much, but going, living that long in the van and on as with as little as we did um, with a toddler was such a good lesson moving forward mm-hmm. and like how little you need for kids, especially if you're spending time outside. Uh, she right. didn't need toys. She had like a tiny little basket of toys that we barely pulled out because we were outside so much. Um and then Isn't, that have, yeah, Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Because, you know, today we have toy rooms, mm-hmm. full rooms that are dedicated to toys. And there are a lot of great toys out there. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. Nature provides for these kids. It's wild. Yeah. So we each had four packing cubes, which are like, you can get them on Amazon. It's just a zipper cube. And so each mm-hmm. one of those, that was what our clothes were in. Um, 
a diaper basket <laughs> and like yeah. an electronics basket. Um, I was working remotely with Radical Roots and, and uh, my husband was teaching CrossFit seminars. So as long as we were near an airport, we could drop him at the airport. He would fly out, mm. teach a seminar, yeah. come back. So I spent, I remember spending weekends alone in like Alexandria, Virginia and uh, North Carolina and Seattle, a few different places where, you know, he would travel out and I would just have the weekend with Evie, which was really, really special. Um, yeah. And my brother was getting married. This is kind of the fun part too which kind of prompted the cross country trip because we were living in California. My brother was getting married in Connecticut in June. So we took off early April and just did a big, and I was, um, we were hosting a podcast retreat in Austin. So kind of cruised down through, we got to just stay in Joshua tree and cruise down through Arizona and then Austin, um, Arkansas. We spent time with friends on their farm in Tennessee. Wow. We did North Carolina and then cruised all the way up. We went up to Portland, Maine, which this is mm-hmm. the fun part about having a van is that the plan was to stay in Maine for, that was like a last minute decision after my brother's wedding. We're going to go for a night or two. And we loved it so much. We stayed for 10 days and we, we met the owner of, um, there's like a fermentation spot where they had like kombucha and cider and, and, and beer. They were fermenting and they had a big parking lot. So he let us park for a few nights. We found a neighborhood that we loved that we parked for a few nights. And there's a lot more flexibility in the van. Um, we did Vermont, Pennsylvania, New York. We drove that thing through Manhattan. <laughs> Wow. Ate really, really good food and uh, hit like, I can't believe how many national parks Evie's been to uh, before she was three. So just an incredible experience. And then we cruised back, found our home base again in the Santa Cruz mountains for a while. And then uh, got evacuated by fires and through a number of serendipitous events ended up back up here. And it's been, this is where Indy was born. Um, And we've actually since sold the van and now we are back to tent camping with two and in these okay. camps. So she's eight months. She's camped at least, I don't know, seven, six or seven times. I think every summer. month, every month. Of Basically. Life, you know. <laughs> Since like two, two months. She's yeah, pretty much wow. it's been a blast. So that's yeah. the, the van saga. When you finally moved into the van, mm-hmm. was it laid out? Had you thought through what you really needed or when you actually moved in, were you thinking, Oh, I wish I would have done this differently or was it just fine? There's a few things we wish we had done differently. We wish we had just built it out ourselves (laughs) to be honest, because what we got for what we paid for, I think many people listening might understand that it's very, very cool and hip to live in a van or to get a van converted. And this was back in 2018. So, you know, it was even before like the COVID boom Mm -hmm. van boom, but it's these companies that are doing it because it is so cool, I guess, or, you know, trendy. they can, they can charge a lot. And I just feel like if we could go back, my husband's best friend is a incredible carpenter. Like I just wish we had done it ourselves because some of the things they did, it felt a little rushed and, and perhaps didn't hold up. So my husband ended up fixing things he's like, man, if I had just done this myself um, and if you're going to do it, some advice would be, so we did like a, it was beautiful, almost like butcher block wood floor. Um, mm. But it had, we didn't get it sealed well enough, I think, because there's like the, the, you know, the cracks in the wood, the natural right. and those kind of with time and heat and cold, they kind of open. So we just like, you know, then dirt and sand gets in these little cracks and stuff, but Overall, no. And in terms of like, we thought we, you know, we did the first year 
we didn't have temperature control except for there's a fan on the roof of the van. Um, we had insulated window covers, but no heat. We did not have a sink. We didn't have a stove. We kept it very minimal. So we basically had storage, a bed and a fridge. Um, and we just have a camping stove that we put in one of the big back drawers. We did not find that we needed any of that. There was like a handful of cold nights that were like, you know, we had a down comforter. We sleep together. It was fine as long as we we're all together in that bed. Um, and then as far as like when it was really hot, we would just sleep with the doors and windows open. Um, and that only, we again, like I remember staying at a KOA in I think Nebraska and it was just insanely hot. But outside of that, there was never really a night where, and this was through, you know, summer, um, mm-hmm. never a night where we were horribly uncomfortable with temperature control. All you need, I mean, for us, a camping stove was plenty. And then as far as water goes, we, we have a tank. There was like a, I forget how many gallon, like two, three gallon tank that we just kept filled. And we'd use that if we needed to, but typically places you're parking. One trick that I would do when we'd park in the little neighborhoods, I feel like I'm outing myself, but we'd always try and find a, um, a really great coffee shop to park at. And I'm an early riser clearly. And so mm-hmm. I would get up and like go purchase a coffee and then go in the bathroom and like brush my teeth and work for an hour until they woke up and then bring coffee wow. back for my husband. So it's amazing how I, I look back down, like, man, mm. we did that for a long time. And that's that was our normal routine. It's great. And that's, and that's, I think one thing that really allowed it to work for me and for our daughter is that throughout the kind of, I don't want to say chaos because it never felt chaotic. There's so many moving parts and so much that shifts day to day, but we had constants. We had things that were our rhythm. And I find that if you have routines, no matter where you are camping, you know, traveling with kids, if you have certain routines that stick, there's comfort for everybody. Mm. Um, and so she thrived. She loved it. She was like super sad when we sold the van. Um, and uh, even at a young age, she would have been really young. She asked. So we sold about it. Totally. Yeah. We sold the van. We actually just sold it this past spring. So okay. we kept it and we did the summer when I was pregnant with Indy, my husband was working as a wildland firefighter. So it was just Evie and I, which is very special. And we camped so much. And I'm super grateful to have had the van through a summer of camping pregnant. <laughs> um, but then just like, yeah. you know, with Indy here and the setup of the van, we would have had to change a lot of things to make it really work. And, mm-hmm. you know, price of gas, like all of it, it just the, the kind of the universe spoke to us that it was time to sell. Um, and it was, it was, the, it was good timing. So we bought a little, the, the van's name was Homer, is Homer mm-hmm. somewhere. And now we bought a little Ford Bronco Sport <clears throat> and it's called Pippin. And uh, that thing has served us so well. So we got cases on top. We just wanted to set it up for easy camping. So we have two Rome cases on top. One's our sleeping stuff. One's our kitchen stuff. Hmm. And all we and a rack. So we just pull it when we're ready to go, pull them out, hook them on, grab wow. our cubes. So living in the van has also given us a lot of like insight into what you need when you're camping. Again, pretty minimal. So the transition yeah. has been shockingly smooth. Uh, the, the one thing I want to do is step up our mattress air, like camping mat game for a little more comfort. (laughs) Right, right. Because if you don't Uh, sleep good, then you're kind of miserable. Exactly. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. 
We had a somewhat last minute get together recently and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside120. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. That is interesting to be able to grab your stuff and go. We had looked at, my husband's really into these. I can't even think what they're called. They're like these adventure pull behind things with a tent. Like a teardrop? Kind of, but not. I've seen those. It's like a trailer trailer with a pop-up tent. Yeah, it's a trailer. And the trailers are sometimes fitted to have all these cool we open the thing and there's a kitchen and anyway, so he's been interested in those for a long time. And so we went to, we even went to an expo show. It was all outside down in North Carolina to see they're all set up outside. It's so neat what everyone's doing and so creative. And so we met this family that had one, it's called a turtleback trailer. I guess some of them you can sleep in and some of them you can't. There's all sorts of variations, but they kind of what you're talking about. They had bins or cubes or whatever they were using. They were a family of three. So one for each of the parents and one for the little girl. And it was filled with their clothes. I thought that was such an interesting thing because you have three to five outfits, kind of extra outfits Mm -hmm. that you always just put right back in there. So that if you want to take off for the weekend, a long weekend or something, you're ready to go. You just have everything at the ready. So I thought, well, you could go to a thrift store or something like that and easily get an extra three to five outfits per family member. And then you, when you get home, you wash them and they go right back in that bin so that they're at the ready. That's you brilliant. Can adventure. Especially because I wear the same, I got like a pair of Patagonia overalls I've had for like five mm-hmm. years, you know, I pretty much pack the same right. stuff when we're camping seasonally dependent. You could have like yeah. cold weather. And yeah. Instead weather. of having to go try I and find that. it all. And so I thought that was an interesting yeah. way to do it. And it sounds like similar to you, you have your things at the ready there in bins or ready boxes or whatever, and then you hook them up and off you go. So what was the process like of downsizing from the condo? Did you keep a lot of your stuff and just put it in storage? Mm-hmm. Did you not and then just start from scratch later we're super fortunate in that my mother-in-law owned a 35 acre property in central california um and she had two big shipping containers and so because one of them was used for i know we scored um 
And so she let us put our, and again, like we're very minimal, um, in terms of just like stuff, stuff, but we had some very special furniture that meant a lot to us from our first move up here. We met this wonderful woman, like our first day living in Port Townsend, Washington. And she, um, was moving to go be with her grandbabies and had this beautiful like cherry wood furniture. Mm. And she sold us like $15,000 worth of gorgeous furniture and a, this leather couch behind me for $1,500. And we're like, we are not getting rid of this. So we were able to store it there, um, which was a gift to be able to do that. And, uh, and she also, I will say, you know, you heard the click clack of the claws of the dogs. Um, we did a lot of travel with them, but our big, like full cross country mm-hmm. trip, she kept them oh. for us, which was again, like, too. I don't think yes. 35 yeah. acres. One of them, the one that was click clacking around, she gets a little anxious now. She's got some attachment issues, I think from that, which I feel, I feel for her, but they would have been miserable, you know, in the heat of like Tennessee in June. Right. Um, and so that allowed us to really take that like big cross country, like four or five months longer trip. Um, so yeah, my mother-in-law is a gem of a human (laughs) and she's actually where we're going to go move to be with her. And she's since moved to Wyoming Mm. and we're going to go do more of the, like one thing that I, that I believe is missing often is this kind of like cohabitating with family and like it, you know, it takes a village kind of thing. So we're going to go live with her in Wyoming. Um, and my daughter, especially, I mean, Andy's learning, you know, to love her, but Evie is, just head over heels um, obsessed. So it'll be so nice to do life with her. Uh, so yeah, that thank goodness for that. Uh, so she kept our furniture. Um, so it made that, that transition. We've, we've moved so much. We've only ever moved ourselves. We've never like hired anyone or anything. So grateful for my fitness. Um, yeah, for so many reasons, but you know, like with a, at the time, a one and a half year old Rusty and I, Rusty's my husband. We, moved everything into a trailer, uh, got it down to Paso Robles to her property, came back up, closed on the condo. And then my parents were also very helpful and that they, um, we like, while the van was still getting built out, there was a little bit of overlap there. So we stayed with my parents more local to where we had been living until the van was fully done. We got it back on Christmas Eve of 2018, which was like all done. And that was my dream. I was like, I just want to sleep in it for Christmas. Oh. And we were parked outside my family's at my parents' house. So we did, we have this picture of Evie standing on the bed. We put little like Christmas lights in the van and she's just like jazz on life. So yeah. really special. And it was fun that, that Christmas, you know, all of our gifts were like base layers, <laughs> uh, uh, whole foods, gift card, <laughs> gas cards. Right. Cause everyone knows like, okay, I'm not going to get them a bunch of junk. Yeah. It's not going to fit. They don't um, have space and the fun thing about that, yeah. It's carried yeah. over. We've, we've like taught our families to keep gifting minimal. Um, cause that's a big part of our life and we don't, don't want a bunch yeah, of they're stuff. Gifting, don't want they're gifting girls, you adventure. They're us. gifting you experience with exactly. the gas cards. And that's my love language for sure. Right. And when you come home yeah. from living in a van for a year, did you find that what you had stored was what you needed or did you even pare down more? We, well, it's funny is, so it was a slow transition to getting all of our stuff back because we, Actually, I skipped this one little section where, because I'm trying to block it out of my mind. But when we first settled back, we got a studio in Berkeley, um, California, thinking, okay, minimal, fine. A tiny little studio. It's a cool city. There's good food and art and whatnot. We learned very quickly that we are not city people (laughs) at all. Um, And so we were in the studio and all we had space for was basically our kitchen stuff, some of it, and a bed. So we had gotten just those things from his mom's and then 
we were there for like a month and a half and COVID hit and mm. things got weird. And we were like, we are, we are out of here. It just, it was, so we were able to get out of that lease and we moved to a, a little house in the mountains of Santa Cruz. And even there, we were only there for like three months or four months before the fires hit. And we hadn't, we hadn't, I feel like we hadn't emotionally or mentally committed. So we still didn't, we were, we had our camping chairs in the living room. We had our bed and we had our, our EVs. That was the first time she had her own room in her own bed. Um, and we got that from my parents. So I, we just had our kitchen stuff. Uh, and again, just, we kept it very minimal. So I don't think we needed anything. Then we moved up here and we actually got into like a two-year lease and we're like, okay, we are we're putting down some roots. And so then finally my husband went down and got the rest of our furniture and brought it back up and our clothes and stuff. But I'll tell you what, I even pared down clothes before the van trip. And I still have a suitcase in our basement that I haven't even, that'll probably just end up donating because as far as like clothes go and and very much like for us and for the girls, the girls are pretty much all hand-me-downs or, or consignment uh, for us. I just like, I wear the same. I like my simple staples, higher quality, but just wear them till they're done. You know, I still have my favorite pair of jeans I got in Vermont when we were in the van. Oh, that's Orbis. fun. That's uh, a fun thing to remember. I like to, exactly, to have these pieces of clothing that like, I remember not only where I got them, but um, the, the times that I wore them and like w- those types of things, it, cause I'm not a super, I'm not a very sentimental person when it comes to stuff mm-hmm. at all. Sometimes Jesse's like, Laura, we actually probably shouldn't get rid of all of this <laughs> because we need it. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You know? So it's fine in that line of like, okay, what, what will we actually use? Don't just get rid of things because it's easier in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're finding that. And this is going to be, this is the longest we've ever lived anywhere by the time we move out of this spot as a Rusty and I have been together. We're celebrating nine years of marriage mm-hmm. next week. Thank you. And we've never lived anywhere longer than two years. Um, and so, you know, it's, I don't know. I just I feel, and that's part of the, I don't know if you do Enneagram stuff at all. I'm a seven. So I'm like, where can we go next? What's the next adventure? Um, but having kids and, and it just, it's helping me kind of settle into a spot as long as I have access to a ton of nature and a ton of fun adventure. That's one of the reasons we chose Wyoming is because it's surrounded by so many States that have so much fun right. to explore. Right. You know, it's like Montana, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, just, it's going to be a blast. So yeah, yeah it's an really excited about that, but... of adventure. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's for sure. What so, a, uh, one yeah. of the things you talked about was so many moving parts. And I think that is sometimes one of the tricky things about adventuring with a family is that when you're home and you're in a routine, there aren't as many day-to-day moment by moment decisions that you have to make because you already kind of know what you're going to do, or there's these limited choices. But when you travel, it opens things up. Where are we going to go? How long are we going to stay there? What's this one day going to look like? And that can sometimes increase a little bit of the friction. I think for Josh and I, that happens because you have different thoughts of what's going to work best. And especially when you have young kids, you're trying to figure out they're sleeping. And and so the stakes are high. They're fairly high because you might be miserable if you make the wrong choice. And it's not even necessarily the wrong choice. You just make a choice. And sometimes things are smooth and sometimes they're not so smooth. So I think people want to know about camping with little ones and how you manage that and what advice you have, especially since you've done two different kinds. You've done the van kind and you've done the tent kind and how you make that work with really little kids. I love that. It's very fitting too, given the this past summer. And so we camped for the first time with Indy in uh, Central Oregon when she was like six weeks old, I think. And it was March. And uh, <laughs> we were expecting warm weather, but 
we, the first night and this point we hadn't like got everything set up. So we just had our two person extra long backpacking tent that we've had since like 2009. Um, and, <laughs> and it was and Indy's also a belly sleeper. And so with Evie camping that young was easy. We set up, we would just kind of set up the, the air mattress, like a bed and, um, have her in a little Lena sleep sack and all of that anyways. So we're in there and I just, it was, it started to snow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah. And so my whole thing is, you know, and I, I share everything on social media, like our adventures and our, our travel and, but I don't do it with an ego. So I, I, I had said we're camping, but then I have a six week old and it's snowing and I am not going to like drive my heels in or be mm. stubborn or have pride. And so we got a, we got a, we stayed Wednesday at the lodge, which is a really sweet little spot in bend. Um, and I, I'm okay changing plans. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that we learned in the van. I had this hashtag that was like adventures eats and audibles. Um, you know, like, like, we were adventuring, we were eating really good food. That's a big part of the process. And then it was also so, there were so many audibles, so many like last minute change of plans, staying in Vermont an extra nine days, uh, you know, choosing when we're all, we've all reached our limit and we're reading each other every once in a while, we got a hotel room. And so just uh, not having an ego about it for me is huge and communication is everything. So on that trip, we ended up staying, it was three nights. We camped the first night, but I ended up in the car with the baby um, because I just, I didn't feel comfortable with the temperature, keeping her warm enough on her belly with sleeping bags. It just, it wasn't, it didn't feel safe to me. So, um, and that was fine. I was exhausted, but it was fine, you know? And then we switched to an actual like lodge kind of hotel in place. Um, and then just things like that. And then this, then we took a trip down to California. It was like a two week and we brought all our camping stuff. We had like three different nights of camping booked along the way. We were meeting my family at a house on the beach. Um, and we only ended up, up, ended up camping one of those nights because one thing we learned um, through the, the trip is, you know, with, with the van, it was super easy to camp along the way to places. Cause you just pull in the van, mm-hmm climb in the bed, you know, with camping, it's like a single night camping, not for the sake of camping, but for the sake of lodging with two kids is really hard because you pull in maybe like five, six, whatever at night to set everything up and then get on the road again the next morning with, and you know, depending on how Indy's doing, she might not want me to help. She might just want me to hold her. And it's harder to put little babies down the ground once they're mobile because pebbles and rocks. And so um, we ended up two of those three nights just getting a hotel room because it was just, and especially one of the nights we had fully planned on camping, but we're way pickier about campsites now too. We showed up, it was like the trees were all dead. The people next to us had like plastic all over their, I don't know, weird, like almost like saran wrap on their tent. It was windy. And we're like, we're not staying here. Um, so just being open to communication as a partnership with Rusty and myself, and then also really taking time to slow down enough to tune into what the girls mm-hmm. need because they don't communicate in the same way, but they do communicate. Mm-hmm. And so getting a better yes, feel for, you know, what they need so much. So, and so this last trip, we just got back two days ago from, it was more of like, a, I found this really sweet little Airbnb in white salmon, Washington. And so it's like this little A-frame camping basically, but not mm-hmm. a tent. So it's like, you know, it's, and we did this trip and it was so fun. We were with friends, but we did the second to last day, Russ and I looked at each other and was like, this might've been one trip too many mm. this summer. Cause over the past month we had gone to bend again, camped in central Oregon where that was like a five night trip. Then we were home for four days, flew out to Wyoming, visited my mother-in-law, 
We were there for six days, got home. We were home for eight days. And then we, then we drove down to, for this trip. So uh, it was a good lesson. Um, we had a wonderful time, but we, the final evening, we ended up just like not eating out. We just stayed in at the hotel, at the Airbnb, like the campsite basically had some friends come to us and, and just like slowed the pace down. So just again, just reading signs and being open to change. And it can't be rigid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't be rigid in our plans just because you make plans yeah, doesn't you mean fluid. you have to stick to Especially them totally. Otherwise it, it won't work. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what I hear from your story is that you had a lot of plans, but you changed a lot of your plans to be fluid, to fit mm-hmm. the situation we had. We camped with our oldest when he was real little, same thing, six weeks. He was born in June. June's a hard time to have a baby, I think, because it's so hot. You feel- My first is you feel like you, Yeah, it's a hard time. You feel like you missed that whole first summer. And so as we had it into the fall, we went camping with my in-laws and he was five or six weeks and he woke up at four or five in the morning at the campground. That was awful. What are you going to do? You've got this baby, they're loud, everyone else is sleeping, you're kind of supposed to be quiet. So we went to some like fast food restaurant and stayed for a couple hours in the morning and then came back. But we were really tired. But I think who isn't tired with a five or six week old. So that is sometimes one of the biggest things that keep us from going because we say, well, they're not gonna sleep well. And I do think that it's it's a good point to say they don't necessarily sleep well, especially the first night. I think when we would camp with our, we only camped when we had three, and they were three and under, so they were pretty little. And then we got a pop-up camper after that, but which was a really good purchase, I would say. We have loved that. But when we had the three little ones, everyone thinks, oh, they're running around all day. They're going to be so tired. But they're kind of not. They're kind of amped up because they're in this new situation and they're excited mm-hmm. and it's exciting and it's different. And they're in this one tent with everyone. And so they don't necessarily sleep super well, especially like I said, that first night. So just having the awareness to know, well, you might, you're going to be a little tired, but you're going to be so glad you did it. And oh, what boy. mom of little kids is not tired. So it's just sort of far <laughs> for the course you have you make the adventures and you make the memories totally we always try and get home if we can like if it's you know if it's not just a weekend trip we try to get home on a saturday Mm. so we have sunday to regroup before the new week starts Um, and that makes a big difference too because you can kind of just like get home and and then you have sunday to whatever you need to do that's good and then you're not fighting the traffic because you're coming home on a day that most people Mm -hmm. don't come home you say that parenting is easier outside why is that? Totally. I've learned that this summer because there's, there are no walls to bounce off of. There are endless opportunities to explore and to play and to find new, like quote unquote toys. Um, I, this summer has been a juggling, you know, when we're, when we've actually been home, my oldest is not, she usually is in forest school during the, the, school year, um, half days. And my littlest is little. Um, and so, and I work for CrossFit and I have my own business and my husband works full time now remotely. Um, and so we live in a pretty small space. Um, and I have found that especially when I am like overwhelmed or anxious or feeling stressed out, they just feed on my energy. And when I'm at inside our house, it's not only like my work stuff, but I'm also like, Oh shoot, like those, look at those dishes mm-hmm. and I should sweep the floor. And so I, what I always do when I'm, I have this like very same similar feeling that I think a lot of moms can relate to where it's just like, kind of in the chest, a little bit of anxiety, overwhelm. Like I feel like frazzled and like, I'm just going to kind of snap mm-hmm. and I will just always take us outside, whether it's the backyard, we've got a garden 
and that always occupies both, you know, we'll water and take care of the plants. It just, and we always try to be barefoot this time of year and we just get outside or the front yard will lay out. I have this thing called a lily pad that I've had since Evie. And it's just this round circle. That's like kind of like a little mat that you can just carry around and throw in the wash. So I just throw that outside. We all go out and it's just like immediate relaxed. Yeah, immediate. Um, Immediate, like it, I mean, and I know there's a ton of science behind that mm-hmm. the sunshine, the grounding, um, the trees. So that is on just like an, an acute, if it's just like I have no plan, let's just go outside. Well, I like resettle, I'll bring my laptop and I can bring a pillow, and typically I can get some work done while they're doing whatever. My daughter will ride her bike back and forth, or they'll just like play in the flowers. My little one is just, you know, what at eight months, like everything is cool. Grass, mm-hmm. what you name it, pine cones, the coolest. So um, that's been really great. And then we'll also just like, I've had days where I'm just like, I, I'm so overwhelmed. And, and this might sound crazy to some people because it might sound like a lot of work to like load up lunch mm-hmm. and towels and stuff and head to the lake. But for me, that's become second nature. So I know I grab it. I have a basket, throw some towels Mm -hmm. in. I know what we're probably going to have for lunch anyways. I just throw it in our little cooler and throw it in the car and we're off. And the Lake Crescent is like 25, 30 minutes away. And I'll just lay out the blanket and, and like, we'll spend the whole afternoon out there. And I always just come home feeling so much better. And I'm super grateful. And I know it's not lost to me how much of a gift it is to be able to do that midweek. You know, I don't have like a nine to five that I've got to go be in an office. Um, but juggling, I, I, I very rarely say balancing because I don't feel like it's possible to have everything in balance at once, but juggling motherhood and work and all of it from home. Um, I just, I like, that's been a saving grace for me is being able to get out into nature and, uh, and just, we all feel better for it. I, I find clarity, come home and have like great conversations with Rusty and about my needs. Like it's a lot, it can be a lot harder to express what I need in the moment when I'm stressed. I just will like verbally vomit, but it doesn't typically come out the way that I hope. <laughs> but if I can just get out into nature. So not only does it make parenting easier because like they're um, engaged and just dis- distracted is not really the right word, but they're, they're engaged, right? They're, mm-hmm. they've got fun and they don't need me as much in that moment when maybe I need to kind of like tune into my needs. Um, and then also for me as a parent, it allows me some clarity and grounding and space to, to take some deep breaths, take care of myself so that I can better show up for them. Right. So just all around, you know, it's, it's, we, I feel more connected to my kids out there. They feel more connected to nature as do I, and then we can all just kind of come home refreshed. Um, and you know, in the winter, so every single morning I sip my coffee, uh, after I make my coffee, I go walk outside and I get my feet on the ground and I hope to do that year round. I mean, maybe not in the snow, but, but who knows, like a, a few moments of just like getting my feet in the snow. Yeah, it's just, do that. I, there's something therapy. about it. So I would imagine yeah. the last couple nights it's fine. Right. right? Yeah. As long as I come back in and like put some wool yeah. socks on, but yeah. So I just think that parenting is so much easier outside. Um, it's so worth it. the challenges of, of getting kids and loading up and going camping you know, that's one, that's one kind of side of the spectrum is to get outside for multiple days in a row and sleep under the stars, but it's not where you have to start or even, you don't even have to get to that point. It's okay to just get out into your front yard, go for a walk in your neighborhood, you know, start wherever, wherever you need to start, whatever you can do in that moment. And if you feel like gradually working up, um, or just, you know, it's doing whatever works for each individual. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my Vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. 
Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. But I can assure anyone listening that it, it, it it's counter so it's counterintuitive. But and it's an interesting mm-hmm. time that we live in because this is not how families did their outside time in the past. They did it by shooing the kids out the door and getting done what they needed to get done inside. But I think that in a fast-paced culture and with the amount of technology that we're living in, it works well because I think we need it as adults too. And so this approach of going with, which is how it tends to be, I think, because there's not a bunch of neighborhood kids out and we've got, or if we've got little ones, this approach is a whole family approach. Because like you said, it's helping with your marriage relationship, your relationship Mm -hmm. with your kids, and also your relationship with yourself and giving you what you need to bring your blood pressure down. And it happens so quickly. So it is, I think, I think the same as you, it is easier to put that work in on the front end and on the back end, because then you have to unpack and to have that time and space in the middle where you can be refreshed. And I like what you said about you talked about nine to five. We had this Alice Stair. He's all about micro adventures. He's so interesting. He's in all these books. Cool. Oh, yeah. And he was on the podcast. He talked about the five to nine, which is everyone talks about, I can't do anything. I've got my nine to five. But he said, well, what about the five to nine? What are you doing? And he'll go, he'll go sleep on a mountain overnight, come down from the mountain, wash in the river and go to work. <laughs> So that's when you talk about extremes, that's one extreme. But he says sort of the same thing. We're too tired and too stressed and too unwell Mm -hmm. not 
to be getting these benefits from adventuring that are out there. We have a campsite that's just like 30 minutes from here. And I did one solo camp night with the girls. It was my first time camping with both of them by myself. And we did the same thing. So we went, I packed lunches and I did like, we had gone out to dinner the night before to this local spot, had sourdough pizza leftovers. I packed sandwiches, brought sourdough pizza Mm -hmm. and my coffee stuff for the morning. And we had the most, like, it was so simple and easy. We saw a bear and I didn't have to pack a bunch of food. It was like pretty easy. Um, another reason to bake sourdough. And then the next morning it was 5.00 AM. Both girls were still sleeping and it was like drizzling. I was like, you know what? This is actually going to be so much easier if I just load us up now. So I loaded up everything except for the tent. Right. And then I, I moved ba- I moved big sis into the, onto the mattress with, with baby sis rolled up her mat, her sleeping bag, then transferred them to the car seats. They stayed asleep, turned the heater on. That's amazing. Pulled everything down. And because it was only 30 minutes from home, I didn't like, you know, perfectly wrap up the tent Mm -hmm. and everything. I knew I was gonna have to dry it out anyways. Just throw it in the back. We were home by six (laughs) o'clock. And then I went straight into my routine. Every morning I wake up, I get on the ground. I do this like kind of yoga meditative flow. um, And I, it was we started the workday, you know, and it was on a Thursday morning, I think. And so I love that you said that because I think people are like, uh, and I get in this spot when I'm at my most stressed, when I need to be out in it most, sometimes is when I kind of start to shut down and think I can't deviate. I'm in this, I get a little bit more structured and rigid. And it's typically when I'm in that state of feeling more rigid than like, yeah. I need to break this rigidity. I need to go plan something. So I, I look out the summer I've got a campsite booked next Wednesday mm. um, at the lake again. And then I've got a campsite booked um, on my birthday in October. Oh, my uh, locally. birthday's in October. Really? Fifth. What day? Ah, mine's the eighth. Oh, How we're fun. so close. It's such oh. a beautiful, it is yeah. a beautiful month to beautiful. have a birthday. Mm-hmm. I love it. I couldn't agree more. And I'm, so I'm manifesting through booking that site that we have some pretty decent weather, but even if you're just booking local campsites and that's what I love about it too, is like next Wednesday, we had some planned shifts. We had stuff to do with Thursday morning, but we kept the site. We're going to go out to the lake. We're going to have a whole like campsite evening oh, around the fire. And then we're just going to come yeah, home. We're not going to stay the night. And totally. Yeah. So if you can book a campsite or just go to the wherever, go to a campground and have dinner. Right. We do that all the time. I'll bake, I'll bake a loaf of focaccia, maybe grab a bottle of wine, a bunch of snacks. We'll lay out a blanket and just do dinner mm. at the lake. Um, That's and you can do really that at a park, special. Next, neighborhood yes. park, you know? We've always tried. The thing that I've not gotten good at and I want to be good at so badly is we will pack lunch. And then if we're at a location, in so many locations, the kids are so engaged. And a lot of times it takes them a while to get engaged. And so Angela Hanscom has that in her book, Balanced and Barefoot, that it can take up to 45 minutes to develop a play scheme. It's such a good book. But we always found, especially if we were adventuring with friends, it could take a couple hours before they're really in that deep play Mm -hmm. where they're super engaged and they wanna keep playing, keep playing, and then dinner comes. And I always mm. think, oh, if I only had dinner with me, Broke we could it. stay. <laughs> uh, and so yeah. I've never, I've not gotten to the point yet where I could pack lunch and dinner and have both of those there and at the ready. But it's one of my goals because I think when you're in the right spot and you can have that extra little bit of time to really enjoy and the kids are having a good time. And so you don't want to go. I, I think one, one of the things yeah. that you mentioned and is really important when you have young kids for your small adventures and your big adventures is the right spot, the right location. You talked about it a little bit with mm-hmm. where you're going to put your tent. So what are some yeah. of the ideals? What are you looking for when you're adventuring with little ones? Looking for um, 
Well, if it's an overnight, I've found, I really like to look for campsites that don't also have RVs. You can find those at the, in like the sold out campground up here in the mm-hmm. park. Um, there's just campsites and then there's like RV campsites. And I just, I don't know, for me, we camped once and there was an RV across the little like camps campground mm-hmm. road and they had a freaking big, big screen TV. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm not judging anyone, but that's just not, to me, that's not camping. And so when we're camping, I try and find sites that are where there's lots of trees, ideally some sort of running water. Um, and, and even more ideal, but harder to find no, no RVs. Um, you know, to hear a generator like rev up in the, in right. the morning and that kind of thing. It just kind of takes some of the, the magic away. Um, so that's one for camping. And I really love to find, I try and always look for the campsite that like, if you can, if you're looking on the map, maybe there's only, it's only got one other site on. So like, if you can get like a corner mm-hmm. one where you, to the left, there's yes. no other site. So you're only like sided up by one side. Um, a little further from the bathroom, even though it's inconvenient, it just, again, like you're not just fewer people that you're seeing right. and interacting with. Um, yeah. And if you've got little then, ones, you want to be sort of pulled off that main road. I think it's interesting because yeah. it takes me back when our kids were little. I spent a lot of time because a lot of times you can go, well, here in Michigan for the state parks, you can go and it will have a picture and it will say partly shaded on a slope or, and it will show a picture yeah, of the too. site and it will be maybe a sandy bottom or some of them will be dirt and some of them will have lots of roots. And so we would spend a lot of time trying to find, it doesn't matter as much when your kids are older, but when they're little, if you're in the right mm-hmm. spot, it makes so many things easier. If your spot is a little bigger, you've got space to spread out. And things and like, grass. yeah, we would do things like put up little ropes or paracord. This, you know, these are the boundaries at this site, all these different mm-hmm. cool That's things smart. that people do. And so the kids would know where their boundaries were and when they're a little bit older, obviously not when they're eight months. Totally. Yeah. And for, for us in this season, it's like, oh man, there's like, if the campground is covered with pebbles mm-hmm. that complicates right. things you know and so i'm looking for like i'd rather just have dirt or sand um, and be messy and be dirty dirt or grass. and in yes, michigan exactly. some of them are sand so that's really cool the ones that are over by the lake where we're at and yeah. so we do spend a lot of time trying to find the right spots and when we would adventure it was the same thing i was always looking for a really large expansive space that's not near a road for the places mm-hmm. that we're going to go from five to nine or if we're going with friends during the day because otherwise you're on edge and it takes away a lot of those benefits. But if you have space for everyone to roam safely, then everyone's sort of getting those benefits of relaxation. Totally. Well, you have on your website, which is myradicalroots.com, an interactive map. Is that right? Mm -hmm. With some of your favorite spots? Yeah. Yeah. So there's this map you can put in an area code or a zip code or or area code, wait, zip code, or like a city Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it zooms you in. And then I have restaurants, coffee shops, bakeries, ice cream spots, parks that we loved, ah, lodging, cool, uh, campgrounds. Mm-hmm. It's It's been really, cause I kept getting asked, you know, I was saving stuff to like Instagram highlights. I was like, I need this all in one spot. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, you know, I, every time we come home from a new adventure, I, I did it last night. I hop on, I add all the spots that we loved. And so it's all on there. Um, and it includes campgrounds that we've loved as well. So there's, you know, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it can be hard to find good campsites yeah. and especially in the summer, everything books up. And so that makes it trickier too. Um, but yeah, we found some really great campgrounds. We have our go-tos now too, that we just, we always, I'll book them in advance and, and you find ones that you love and like, okay, I'm going to just book this out another couple times this summer uh, just because I know that it's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you can find, I would say like choose space over running water for us at least. Yeah. And space uh, you know, over being close to the bathroom 
Those, those are the type yeah. of things you learn and you learn. You can pee in nature. We call it potty, potty yeah. nature. And so if you wake up in the middle of the night, just probably pop a squat. Or bring a can. Some people do that. Bring a can. In the van, we had a toilet. We did have a toilet in there. I, I wondered. I mentioned that, but now, yeah, it was like a sailboat it did toilet. Feel like, so it not, did feel like no. a personal question. So I was like, oh, I'm going to pass. Yeah. We never, we only ever peed in it. And I am grateful that that's all we ever had to do. Like we never, knock on wood, like in the van, we never had... Uh, like any sort of stomach bug mm. uh, up or down. Uh, we never had to use it for number two for, for a year and a half, which we did get sick once, but we were right near my parents. So we stayed at their house. <laughs> so <laughs> thank goodness for yeah, family. Yeah, um, awesome. But yeah. And then for day adventures, I'm trying to think of like what we've done. That's because, you know, camping is one thing, but if you're just getting out for the day, it's like similar. I'd say it's similar. Find a space mm-hmm. where you can just, you can be, where the, the kids can just be and they'll be safe and you can keep eyes on them, but also have some time, like some time to rest yourself as a parent, yeah. um, allow it to be easier. So like for me, an amusement park or a nightmare, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I would rather spend my all day. At and lake. it's expensive. That's <laughs> the other thing. I think the thing that totally. is attached, the, the thing that's attached to those. Now we do that every once in a while now, cause we've got older kids and they like the roller coaster things. But yeah, the thing is, is your expectations increase because you've spent hundreds of dollars, depending on the size of your family mm-hmm. to get in. And so then it's different than if you go to the lake and it just costs the gas to get there and food that you were going to eat yeah. anyway. Totally. And that's one thing about camping too, that I always, I'll like purposefully make like a big batch of bone broth rice the day before. And then I can, it's a really easy to bring in a reheat over the camping mm-hmm. stove and I'll bring a can. Of, this is one of our favorite camping meals. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, it's kind of fun to share. So I'll make a big batch of rice, bring some ground beef, whether it's already cooked or not. We have our pot. I'll just like cook up the ground beef, um, a can of stewed tomatoes, a little bit of cream and maybe some like Parmesan and then, and then add the rice. And it's just like, we call it like stewy, stewy tomato rice. And it's so good and so easy yeah. and nourishes us. Yeah. And sourdough is great, you know, for bacon and sourdough in the morning with butter. It's like, yeah. it's just keeping it easy. Yeah. I have a friend who's like, I made like sourdough pizza over the fire. I'm like, why? <laughs> I can make sourdough pizza at home, but I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep the campsite dinners as easy as possible so that I'm not spending the whole time you know, with yeah. the baby and the ergo trying to cook. Yeah, and especially with the little so. ones. I remember that was difficult, was trying to cook. We had little ones running around. And so it just ends up being on one person's shoulder and the other one is running after kids. Mm-hmm. And so it does, it has to be easy. And a lot of times you're dealing with the fire and so there's safety mm-hmm. things. And so you have to it's pick, I hear a baby. So let's end, here we go. Sarah, <laughs> real like quick, a favorite wall. outdoor childhood memory from <sighs> yours, go. Um, learning to ride a bike at a campsite. Mm. I'd like my earliest memories are by far camping. And so that's one of the reasons why my husband and I are so intent on camping with that's our incredible. babies because it's the best place to, to go. All right, up. Laura, we fit it in before the baby woke up real quick. My radical sure at Laura dot radical roots is Instagram. You have a podcast with over 200 episodes with your friend Jess called modern mama's podcast. And this has been fantastic. And off you are. <laughs> to go get the baby oh those are such juggling hard years we're here hello <laughs> she uh we bed share and she's so active so i always got to run in before yeah, you she, don't want um, her to roll off or makes her way else. yeah hi baby it's a hello. new day it's a new day a new she's day. like what is going on who is that person i don't recognize that voice hi baby well laura thank you so much for being on i just shared your your handles at laura.radicalroots and the at modern mama's podcast which has 
over well over 200 episodes edging up to 300 episodes and people can find so much on your website you have the sourdough sisters you have all of these different fun things that people can use to make their lives better and so thanks for spending this time with us and what a treat thank you for starting my day it's uh very cathartic and really, really enjoyable. I'm super grateful. It's so good to good see your to face. See you. And you can kind of see kind of, And kind of see the baby. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Laura. And hopefully we cross paths again soon. Hi, baby. All right. Bye. Thanks so much. Take care. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.